Welcome to Useless Chatter, where two BFFs get together and talk about anything and everything. I'm Stacy, And I'm Sarah. And on today's episode of Women Wednesday, we are saying hello to March and celebrating International Women's Day. We plan to tell you a little bit about it and then give you our top three most influential women each. So what is International Women's Day? Well, according to internationalwomensday.com, oh. International Women's Day is a global day celebrating the social, economic, cultural, and political achievements of women. Yeah, it's marked annually on March 8th. Uh, we celebrate women's achievements, raise awareness about women's equality, lobby for accelerated gender parity. I need to look that up. You'd think I would know that as a sociologist. Um, and fundraise <laughs> for female-focused charities. Yes, yeah, that's awesome. Well, and I think it's born out of the fact that um, there are so many achievements that women have made through the years that are that were used to acceler- accelerate someone else's success mm-hmm. versus their own. And it's about giving credit where credit, credit is, is due. due. Yeah. So. Yeah. So awesome. Well, would you like to give us your first in the top three or would you like for me to go? Um, I will. I will go first. Okay. Awesome. I'm excited. Okay. I haven't looked at who you listed, but if I, I, if I had to guess, I would say RGB is one of them and Frida Kahlo. Okay. I didn't do Ruth strictly because I cliche. No, I don't think I could do it without crying. Oh, so I didn't want to talk about Ruth, but she's there. Yes. Yeah. I love Ruth Peter. Yeah. Um, is Frida Kahlo on there? Frida is. Yeah. I can deal with Frida. Never been alive in my lifetime. Uh, but if she was and died while you were alive. I don't think I can handle it. <laughs> so my first is actually Mary Leakey. Okay. Who is a British archaeologist, anthropologist, paleo- paleontologist. Um, she didn't have formal schooling. Oh. Um, but she was an archaeologist. She dug up. Great Bones. things. Yeah. Okay. So Leaky is called an archaeologist and she made a lot of fantastic discoveries um, that led to a better understanding of the human past. Hmm. Um, so she was from England, but she traveled the world, clearly, because she dug things up. I mean, there's a lot to dig up in England too, but that's true. Um, but she focused on our past. So she did a lot of her work in Africa, Um, you know, where where life was born. So her and her husband, Louis Leakey, who is also an archaeologist, um, excavated in Africa and found artifacts and fossils on the early humans. Hmm. Um, She was active in the 1900s. So she was born in 1913 and she passed away in 96. Wow. Yes. Okay. Um, So why do I love her? Well, because she's awesome. Um, So her family has the Leakey Foundation now, um, and it was set up by her and her husband, and it allows allows funds for continued work on digging up and connecting the past. Um, So she was a very spirited person herself. She was inspired by the world around her. She was an artist, which we all know in my head I'd love to be an artist. You know, I found a lot of um, old school scientists were very good at sketching what they saw. Mm-hmm. Like if somebody asked me to draw a picture of, I don't know, some specimen of a leaf, I'd be like, 
Best of luck to you, buddy. In my archaeology, my paleontology, and my geology courses, um, my professor made us sketch everything. Yeah, but were you good at it? Yeah. Oh, not well. I mean, I I think I was. I'm not. I'm sorry. I can't do that. I don't have the skill. It's fun. Um, you just got to work on it. Okay. Anyways. That she, sounds like something an artist would say. Yes. So, um, so back to her being an artist, she actually was introduced to her husband um, as a potential artist for a book he was working on oh. to help draw some of his stuff. Oh, because he couldn't draw the things he was yes. saying. Okay, good. So, so he, I see that I'm not the only one. So he had a book called Adam's Ancestor and... Mary did the drawings for it. That's really interesting. I like the title of that book. Yes. So she was wonderful. So clearly she got that job. And then they had like three kids. Uh, She got the job, got the man. So. And got like the job of a lifetime because it sounds like they traveled together. and They did. Yeah. Yeah. So she was into anthropology, geology, archaeology, and paleontology and art. Um, Are you a reincarnated so version? This of is what I say. I swear, if she had passed away before I was born, I would be her reincarnated. Yeah. yeah. And I learned about her when I was really little, and then through my studies in college, she pops up. Yeah. In various courses. So you feel very drawn to her. I do. I lo- I really cool. enjoy her. Um. So Mary and Lewis, they worked in East Africa for a good chunk of time. Um, She excavated sites that were identified as the late Stone Age. Um, Her whole goal was to, like, hunt for stone tools. Mm, mm -hmm. Uh, Like, that's what she was focused on. Like, that's what she was drawing, like. That's neat. And identifying. Um, She also worked in the Pliocene era. So, like, the Ice Age. Mm -hmm. She dug up those artifacts and fossils also tools and tools she didn't find as many tools as she thought she would find she actually found like more stuff um bones and footprints and stuff um she was a badass woman and apparently she could find fucking fossils like no one's business like she just had the fossil find yeah she had the cunning for fossils i mean that's kind of cool though yeah like some people can divine water yeah, she could find fucking fossils. So um, that's really neat. It is. Now, did she have any hardships due to being a female and in um, that position or profession, rather, or anything like not that? Not really. So she did struggle, like in school, and not just because she wasn't a traditional spirit. So she, oh, she's um, like an indigo child. Huh? Yeah, she just needed to be out and about and be in doing stuff and she actually did pretty well. And I think it's because of the time period and having a husband in the same field. Right. So that kind of provides her validity. Yeah. Imagine having a husband in a different, like finance or something. You yeah. Know, like, yeah. Jeez. Um, her dad was like a landscape painter mm-hmm. and I don't know what that means. I don't either. If he just painted landscapes on like canvas or he helped create, landscape like gardening i don't know i didn't look into it um i mean i guess that could be interpreted in you know like a landscape architect or something i don't know Um, but they traveled around europe for him doing these things Hmm. um well then it's got to be 
the landscape, like what you painting. see, painting the yeah. landscape. Yeah, I would I assume, assume I don't know. if you're going all around Europe, yes. you've got to see well, lots of different sunsets and yes. seascapes and whatnot. Okay. Yeah. So she really only went to school like during the world wars, uh, world war two. Um, truly, which is the life. And I've read, uh, not going to school during war, but I mean, I've read <laughs> not cool. Yeah. Um, um, a lot of people back then, like, especially if you, you were from a, a family that was better off, mm-hmm. you know, in Europe or whatever, but that your schooling was not quote unquote formal, that it was done informally through your family, through your travels. That's how you learned how to speak a variety of languages and yep. um, all types of stuff like that. So. Yeah. Yeah. So she doesn't have the formal education behind right. her. She has the experience. Right. So, um, which is interesting. Yeah. That's really cool. So the Leakies did a lot of work in the Old Ovalle Gorge in Africa mm-hmm. and the Leotoli area. Oh, Le- I think it's Leotoli. I think Leotoli. Not, okay. Yeah. Sure. Um, That's and, where the Australopithecine were, right? Yeah. So, the leakies are the ones who identified the Australopithecus oh. <laughs> Boise and the Homo habilis. Awesome. And uh, Mary proved that there were coexisting hominid groups um, millions of years ago. And yes. she identified several fossilized. So she said that then? Footprints mm-hmm, um, that reflected the transition into bipedal movement. Mm-hmm. So she's the one that connected that and identified it um, within the Australopithecus. Put the scenes because mm-hmm. there is multiple. There's correct a couple. Um, she identified stone tools and when and who used them. Um, she also focused on cave and rock paintings in Africa. Yeah. She wrote a book on it. That's neat. And this comes from her. Like she had a love of paleo art because when she was in France, she lived in the. I don't know how to say this, but the doragon caves mm-hmm. that's probably not right i don't know french um and this is where like prehistoric cave paintings are yeah that's cool. well preserved um so she grew up around that and that kind of inspires her love cool. um so she was wonderful and i have a little quote okay. actually i have two quotes from her okay and so the first quote i really enjoy it because i identify and it says basically i've just been compelled by curiosity hmm when talking about how she's gotten to where she was in life. Mm -hmm. And then the other one, I think sums up, she goes, I dug things up. I was curious and I just like to draw what I find. Yeah. So I enjoyed it. I mean, it sounds so easy, doesn't it? (laughs) And I cataloged it really well. Yes. (laughs) So that's great. Yeah. Well, that is really cool. I like that story. That's really neat. And her kids are still out and about doing Doing the thing. They're digging up too. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, what a great family legacy, then. Yes. All right. Well, I'm going to take us down an entirely different vein altogether. But still badass. I like to think so. And these, it's not just one woman, it's a group of women known as the Gorgeous Ladies of Wrestling. That's and right. they were my favorite when I was a kid. Okay. So when I was like seven years old, my mom and dad for Christmas or my birthday or whatever one year got me my very own TV for my bedroom. It was a big deal. It was a black and white TV and it was very, um, the tube TV. Yeah. You know, lots of what's that stuff? Sparkles. What are they called? Glitter. 
No, on the TV, you know. Or, Static. Yeah. Provetta's, not sparkles. It's kind of sparkly. Okay. Uh-huh. Anyway, if you stare at it long enough. Anyway, so. Does yeah, it talk back to you? No. Wow. Are they here? No. <laughs> um, but anyway, so, you know, I have to tune it in and, and arrange it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and all that stuff. And sometimes hit it on the side. It was like a 10-inch TV. It was the coolest thing because I could watch what I wanted to watch. That was really cool. On Saturday mornings. Yeah, it was really neat. And so what I watched was the Gorgeous Ladies of Wrestling. So let me back up. I liked wrestling anyway. I thought it was really entertaining. I always watched wrestling. I enjoyed watching it. It comes from my grandmother. Okay, it's her fault. I don't know how or why, but every time we went anywhere, she would grab the remote and suddenly find wrestling on TV. Interesting. Any time of day, any year, she could put wrestling on the television. I don't know how it was, but... It came from her, and we all kind of watched wrestling growing up, and um, so it was just really entertaining. But the thing is, is that that was a very male-dominated field, and so if you saw a female, they were with a wrestler. They were not wrestling themselves. They were wearing, I don't know, a bikini and high heels. And you know, how you wrestle. Yeah, they were looking pretty. Okay, but then we have the gorgeous ladies of wrestling who were, like, beating the shit out of each other, you know, and... There, there were women of all different shapes, sizes, colors, ages, and it really drew me in as a kid. And they had all these different characters. Of course, I know it was fake. Everybody knows it's fake. It's entertaining, you know, but they would play a variety of characters. So you would have one who was like nerdy and super intelligent. And then you'd have like one who was, I don't know, just like So is this mean. like the show that Netflix produced? So, yeah, and I'll get into Not that. all the drama, but, like, the character-wise? Sort of. And okay. it's not 100% accurate. But, and, and, yeah. And I'll kind of get into that. But, yes, they had all these different. Love Mark Maron. <laughs> categories. So, I don't. Uh, who did? Mark Maron. He's in the Netflix Glow. He's oh, the yeah. Older man. I thought man. you said um, Amanda loves him. And I'm like, who? No. <laughs> who was that? Okay. Yeah, he is kind of funny in that show, but um, and I only watched half of one season because it did not line up in her true nostalgia. A little bit, a little bit, and so um, anyway, they were the very first all women's professional wrestling league, mm-hmm. and um, I really loved seeing seeing all of this representation, and they were multi skilled, like they would sing and have skits and dance and then they would wrestle and they wore all these different outfits and anybody could be beautiful and i really i really enjoyed seeing it so um years later a documentary came out on netflix because i always wonder i was like gosh what happened i watched it all the time you know like it was super popular what happened so i watched the documentary and I don't know if you've seen it or not, but it broke my heart because these women were nominally paid. Mm-hmm. They were separated from one another. Like if you played one of the good girls, you could only hang out with the rest of the women who played good girls. And the same was true for the bad ones and all this and that. And um, they were mistreated. And even though they represented all different ages and body shapes and sizes, they were still ridiculed. Mm-hmm. for the way that they looked or some of them were anyway. And I learned that and um, it just really broke my heart. And then when the show ended, it ended and they were left with nothing. Mm-hmm. 
And that really sucks for them because you can't say that they didn't work hard, if not harder in a male dominated mm -hmm. field. And they were so incredibly popular. And I got to tell the story and this is in one uh, in the documentary as well, but one of the ladies who's like, she was older when she joined anyway. And she was one of the bad, you know, people or whatever. But she said, you know, Gloria Steinem was speaking, saying, don't take any shit from men. And this lady's like, okay. So she learned to wrestle and she really enjoyed it. She had a lot of fun, but they could never find any female opponents for her. Mm -hmm. And she couldn't wrestle men. No. So she wrestled a bear. Okay. And one. I mean, she didn't die. Like the bear didn't kill her or eat her. The bear was so confused that day. He was like, why? I thought I was getting some salmon. Why am I wrestling a woman? Yeah. Holy shit. I mean, but what kind of shit is that? Like, oh, sorry, you can't wrestle a man. But you can wrestle this wild animal that can gut you in two seconds. So there's the whole thing with Leonardo DiCaprio and a bear. So. <laughs> anyway. So I feel like they really paved the way for a lot of girls like myself. Um, because I knew even at the age of seven that I was not going to grow up and have the perfect body. You know, like I knew that. So I thought it was great to be able to see that there were people who appeared like they were comfortable in their own skin. So I, I really enjoyed that. And um, I really enjoyed them wrestling. I mean, seeing them do all these physical things, you know, like, I mean, some people would argue that it's not athletic, but it really is a lot of those moves and the choreography and all of that stuff. So, um, it's definitely athletic. Yeah, I think so for sure. Flying off the third ring. Anyway, so I only watched going on to the, the show glow, the TV show. I only watched, like I said, about a half a season of it because it was a conglomeration of all the different characters mm -hmm. that kind of like melded some together. And then it just wasn't, I think you should give it another try. And separate, separate know. the two and just agree that it's loosely based. It is loosely based. Now, the clothing and the hair and the makeup, on point. Like, not going to lie about that because that, that was also a drawing factor for me as a child because that, that makeup, I mean, you got that, whatever, that lightning bolt across your face. And That's the pretty glitter. cool, right? I think so. Why is it not popular right now? I don't know. I guess Kesha tried to bring it back. So did, so did Gaga. Yeah. Sorry, it didn't. It didn't on. take. Hmm. I'll work on it. Yeah. It's okay. I mean, it looks good. Maybe people were like so intimidated that they didn't think that it was for everyday wear. Maybe not. Like you could not wear that to the office. Okay. So, but anyway, so that's my group of women that I would like to celebrate okay. for International Women's Day. And they were from different cultures too. Yeah. Well, that's me. Yeah. I'm glad you chose the uh, gorgeous ladies of wrestling. Yes, I'm sure they'd be glad to. <laughs> yeah. Well, cool. Well, um, speaking of wrestling, let's talk about a painter. Oh. <laughs> okay. Okay. So next up for me is, of course, Rita Kahlo. So who was Rita? Well, she was an artist and an activist. She was born in 1907 and passed away in 1954. Okay. Um, she was from Mexico. She was relatively young when she died. Yeah. She had some troubles. Yeah. Um, 
She was from Mexico, and she was of German and Mexican descent. Her mm-hmm. father was a German immigrant. Oh, okay. Um, she was a unique painter and a political activist and had a pretty interesting life. And she painted surrealism. Mm-hmm. Um, her active years were between the 20s and the 50s. So she worked up until she couldn't work. Mm-hmm. Um, I love her because she is a unique individual. She loved bright colors and was a free spirit. Mm-hmm. I too like bright colors. Well, I like colors. I don't know if they're bright or not because I don't see colors right, but I like colors. <laughs> um, she had a rough life and then she painted it. Mm-hmm. And I just feel a certain way when I look at her work. Cannot explain it, but I saw a piece when I was real little and I really enjoyed it. And then I got to learn about her because my mom had like a nice big book of art. Um, so like, did she really have, I know this sounds awful because I've seen photographs of her, you know, but then you see her self portrait where it shows her with that unibrow. And I remember thinking or hearing somewhere that like she thought of herself worse than what she really was. Like she, that's how she saw she herself. Had a, yeah. That was her self image. Yeah. I mean, she had some eyebrows. Yeah. Eyebrow. I mean, it was there, but yes. So she definitely painted a lot of her self. Mm-hmm. That was like the number one thing she painted. Um, and so that's kind of her persona. Like she painted what she knew and she didn't paint surrealism. She painted her life. Like this mm-hmm. is how she felt. Mm-hmm. Um, so they just that was the category that was basically yes. described to her. And then there was a lot of um stuff like with her husband too. Yes. Yeah. So just on her art, I've always enjoyed it. And so then that got me to learn more about her when I was growing up. Um side note, I saw her last exhibit that they had at the DMA a couple years ago and it was amazing. Um, I think I remember you posting about that actually did. online. I probably yeah. cried. Yeah. Uh, me and Angie went. Oh, did y'all? Oh, yes. good. So. Hi, Angie, which I never call you that. That even sounds weird for me to say that. Well. Sorry. That's what I call her. I know. Um, anyway, so uh, Frida had polio as a kid. And to assist in her physical rehabilitation, her father encouraged her to do athletic things um, like play soccer and wrestle. Oh, oh. And these are non-gender conforming activities yeah. for the time period. Yeah. But soccer has been uh, very widely popular in Mexico has. and in Europe. Europe. Yes. Yeah, so. But not for women True. during this time. So no, her father, no. to help her get over her disability it, not really a disability, like an impairment from the polio um, to mm-hmm. help her get therapy. He encouraged her to be very active. So go hang out with all these boys over here. And, and break legs. I don't know. Um, but yeah, so she did really athletic-y things um, to get better. She was a communist. She was part of the Mexican Communist Party, which I find entertaining. Um, she was in a very bad car accident when she was very young. And she fractured her pelvis and her spine. Mm-hmm. And that is when she started painting. Because mm-hmm. um, what else are you going to do when you can't do anything? Yeah. So 
Goodness. That's when she started painting. That was like when her first self-portrait was completed. Um, she later connected with her husband, who's another great artist, Diego Rivera. Mm-hmm. Um, was he a communist as well? Yes. Yeah. Yes, he was. And interesting, like they met because he was doing a mural at her school that she attended. Hmm. Um, there's an age difference there. Mm-hmm. Um, but she like, you know, teamed up with this guy and her and Diego traveled around because he was commissioned to do different and various things here and there. Yeah. Murals and stuff. Um, they had a very different type of marriage and I like aspects of it. Mm-hmm. Um, they had a very separate but intertwined marriage. So like separate homes, but connected. Hmm. Um, you know, my husband and I, we don't do many things together. We're very independent, but mm-hmm. we, there's still like the connection between us. So when you say they had separate homes, but were connected, is it similar to like, like left wing and right wing of the house? Yeah. Yeah. And we share a kitchen. I mean, so. I don't know what their house looked like, but yes. Perhaps. Or they had their own kitchen. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe they Maybe. ate their own food. <laughs> yeah. So. I mean, that sounds like a lot. Yes. But Absolutely. he, you know, he fooled around a lot, though. So uh, that's the part that's not uh, cool. Yeah. Um, so there's always rumors that she would also do the same. Do the same as like a return. And sometimes maybe they're the same people um, because Frida has been outed as a bisexual or maybe she was open about her bisexuality. I've never really explored that. Yeah. Like if she told people that or people just say it. Right. Um, yeah. She was friends with uh, Leon Trotsky and Pablo Picasso. Oh. So she had, she had some, some interesting friends. Yeah. So there's rumors that her and Lennon um, were friends, closer friends. friends. Yeah. Um, and in fact, Ange bought me a pair of socks one year, and one is Frida, one is Diego, and one is Trotsky. <laughs> so it's only three socks. Yeah. And you can mix and match them. Because they all... Because they were a thing. So They were a thruple before thruples were thruples. Yeah. So that's fun. Um, she had success while she was alive. But her heart, her art was really rediscovered or revived during the second wave of feminism in the seventies. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, um, and this is after she died. Yes. So this is after she passed away. So a lot of, you know, her face is everywhere now. Um, but it wasn't that artists are always uh, famous after yeah they died, and that's so, the truth. Yeah. And so I have two quotes of hers that okay. I identify with, and they are alleged quotes of hers you know i don't know um but i paint flowers so they will not die and if you know anything about me i paint flowers all the time because i cannot keep flowers mm-hmm. so the only way i can keep flowers right. is if i paint them um and then the other one is at the end of the day we can endure much more than we think we can mm. so true i just like frida she's yeah and she had some depression spirit. too she had a lot she? of depression yeah. um she was very real about herself and so I think, and that's, you see that in her painting, right? So that's really cool. Yeah, yeah. Miss, Miss Frida, and recommend checking out her look at her art. But you're right; you do see her all over the place now. You do. It's real easy to find stuff. Yeah, like one time I was shopping for my niece and found me her birthday present. Yeah, 
because it was freedom. And you know, they had that same image because I think I got you a zip up pouch, mm -hmm. right? Some yoga cards. Yeah. Yeah. And so, but they had that same image on a pillow, on a t shirt, but it was embroidered like that. Mm -hmm. and, but I didn't want to get you anything that you needed to wash because I was afraid the beads would yeah. come off or whatever. So, anyway, moving along. But um, that's really cool. She's a good choice for sure. So, okay, so my second choice, and, and this may be cliche as well, but it's Lilith. I like this. Do you? Good. Yeah. So Lilith is like the OG feminist, mm -hmm. like the very first one. Like imagine this. The very first woman God created was a feminist. Right? She was. Okay. I think that's great. She's been demonized, but let's talk about that. So, um, so apparently Lilith is like for feminists, you know, the story of Lilith circulates widely mm -hmm. and because she, she's stated to be the first feminist because of her refusal to submit to a man. She was also interested in sex and she was very independent. So the story that I heard growing up uh, repeatedly is that Lilith and Adam were both made of the same substance and on the same day. All right. And so Jewish legend says that Lilith left Adam when she refused to become subservient to him. So she wanted to be on top. She wanted to have sex. She wanted to be on top. What man wouldn't complain? I don't know. Adam did. And she said, I want to be on top. And he said, no, you are subservient to me. And she's like, no, I'm not because we're made of the same stuff. We mm -hmm. were made at the same time. We are equals. Adam was like, hell no. No, thank you. Yeah, so she was pissed. So she left and then had an affair with the uh, archangel Samuel. Mm -hmm. Okay, so this this is what's interesting. He's also known as the accuser, the seducer, and the destroyer. It's a lot of jobs. It is. He is the, what I guess Christians turned him into Satan, but he was an angel. This, this was These were his jobs given to him by God. He was an angel. He was not a fallen angel like Lucifer, Lucifer, but he was an angel. So she had sex with him. Okay. And then she refused to come back to the Garden of Eden. Right. So in another story, she was banished from the Garden yeah, of Eden. Yeah, she was banished. Yeah, by God. Because he sent three angels to her to beg her to come back, and she wouldn't. So he banished her. <laughs> she refused. Well, you can't come back. You can't come back anyway. And she's like, okay, uh, I want to be here in the first place. Thank you. So he banished her and was said that a hundred of her children would, would die each day. And her sole job was to give birth to demons. Okay. So. Sounds like a lot of work. I mean, I would think so. But um, anyway. Here's the thing. So stories about Lilith have been around long before um, Christianity and Judaism. So we've got stories of her that are Assyrian, Babylonian, Jewish. Um, and even there are stories of her in, found in Egypt. And she was written into the Epic of Gilgamesh as okay. well. And so um, of all the stories, there's tons of stories about Lilith. Tons of stories. But the one about her being Adam's first wife is, is the most popular story. It's the one that just basically prevails. Mm -hmm. So um, of all the stories, though, she's a demon. 
She's a storm demon. She's a succubus. She's a vampire. But she is sensuous and she causes miscarriages in women. Oh, she doesn't want you to have a baby. Because she can only have demon babies. Because, yeah. And so in a, that's my whole thing. In, in a centuries-long campaign to vilify women who like to have sex, who like to think for themselves, the first demon was ever a woman. The first woman was a feminist. And so sadly, I mean, how else will we get all these baby demons? They got to have a mom. That's true. You know? So she's the mother of all demons. Yeah. And also, how badass is she that she fought for her own rights alone? Like, she didn't have anybody. You know what I'm saying? She didn't have, she, nobody had her back. And she was like, I'm leaving. And I'm accepting naked. my fate. I'm naked. I'm out. I mean, if she could have sex with an angel, who the hell cares? You know what I'm saying? Like, she, she didn't have to have a man. faces or eyeballs or something. I wouldn't well, want that, but. I, correct. I don't. Whatever. But I'm pretty sure they can. They can do what they want. Present themselves to you as a human being in a way that is acceptable to you. I expect it to always be Alan Rickman. So oh, no. Okay, my favorite movie, one of my very favorite movies of all time, Metatron. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, um, in the seventies, Lilith became a feminist icon, and that's actually when Lilith magazine was launched. Okay. And in the late nineties, uh, the Lilith Fair was born, which is a musical festival for female only bands and singers. And she's been depicted in art and literature over and over and over and over. And um, just for, for fun, uh, the name Lilith means like screech owl or something. So like, it, it means like a horrible name, like night hag or yeah, something. I, mean, I like, enjoy that name. Yeah. And do you remember, did you ever watch Cheers? Or Frasier. Mm-hmm. So, you know, his wife's name was Lilith. And she was oh, very yeah. strong-willed. And, yeah. And, um, anyway. So, I just, I think that, um, I don't know. It's, it's, it's a really good example to have of, I don't know. I mean, I don't like the whole demon idea. Like, you know, making her out to be like she's something awful and... She wasn't. She was powerful and she was equal. And why is that a problem? The only person who had a problem with it was the man. Sounds about right. You know what I'm saying? God God didn't have a problem with it. So, anyway. Men are always messing it up. I know. And then later, you know, Eve was created from Adam's rib. God had to put Adam to sleep, take his rib, and then create Eve from him. So a subservient woman was made specifically for Adam. Gross. I don't okay. know. Since when did God do what people tell him to? For real. I don't believe that part. You know. Anyway, just interesting story and a okay. good example for women to have from a different perspective. Well, neat. Thanks for sharing yeah. the story of yeah. Lilith. And uh, I'm dumb because I just now connected like Lilith Fair and all that stuff with that. Well, I don't think I made the connection. So that's fun. Until and the same with like Lilith, like Fraser's wife, like yeah, who's a woman who is very well educated, very strong willed. Yeah, not around and not um, around and divorced him. <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right. Well, my last wonderful woman for Wednesday 
International Women's Day yeah. is Rosalind Franklin. Okay. And so who was Rosalind yeah. Franklin? Who was she? Well, she was a chemist. She had a PhD. Oh. Um and an x-ray crystallographer. I don't even know what that is. I don't either. Um, she was born in 1920, and she passed away on April 16th, 1958, of ovarian cancer. Oh, my. Side note, April 16th is my mom's birthday. Really? But she was born in 54. Right. So. But, okay, so she died of ovarian cancer. Is it she was in her she 30s. Was, was it because of the x-ray? Possibly. Or the radiation, rather. I yeah. would assume so, because she's quite young. And think about where it is. Where mm-hmm. the machine would be, like where she would stand. Yeah. I don't know. Um, I didn't really dive into her ovarian okay. cancer. So I'm just but side yes. quest over here. Yes. So she was from England. Um, she worked as a scientist at King's College mm. and Burbeck College in London. Um, both are in London. Mm-hmm. And she had two large research projects that she's known for, the DNA riddle and viruses. She studied viruses. Um, her work in physical chemistry and x-ray imaging or diffraction um, was critical in understanding DNA and RNA. And she was the one who fucking identified the double helix. She is. And they. And Watson and Crick. Yes. So I'll get to it. Oh. So why do I love her? Because she was hardworking and dedicated to her field. Yeah. Um, she deserves love and admiration. And she. I enjoy this. She was supported by her family to pursue a career and not marriage. Mm-hmm. Um, and I learned about Rosalind from my AP bio teacher in high school. Mm-hmm. Was your AP bio teacher a woman? She was. Awesome. See? Women. Yes. So she taught us about Rosalind um, Franklin because credit to discovering DNA is given to Watson oh. and Crick. Who were on they, her team. They were all on the same they team. They were not. Oh, they were? No. I thought they were. They were not. Oh. Um, I'll get there. Okay. So Watson and Crick are poopy faces. Um, they're, I mean, they were legitimate scientists. They did their job. But, but they're also they take credit for things that they did not do. Mm-hmm. So um, her work in microstructures started with a PhD that was um, oriented um, in a research job for the wartime needs, because this is during World War II. Mm-hmm. Um, she was active between the 40s until she died in the 50s. Um, she did chemistry and diffraction. Yeah. Um, so, I, I don't know. Images, I guess, is the diffraction. I'm not quite sure. I never got that advanced in chemistry. Um I'm trying to think if I even took chemistry. Oh, I took every science available to me. But um, anyways, I chose to help people for some reason. Um, Okay, so. It's the math. It's where it's it's the math. I hate math. Um, So she worked in France for a while and then returned to London. This whole time she's doing research. So in reference to DNA, she is overlooked and often treated um, as an assistant or just somebody who worked in the lab mm-hmm. and not as the primary investigator that she was. She was working on her own projects. Mm-hmm. Um, she was acknowledged in her lifetime for all of her scientific endeavors and everything that she engaged in. Um, but maybe she would have had more notoriety if people acknowledged the DNA, um, her function in the DNA discovery. Mm -hmm. Um, So she had a shit ton of publications. Mind you, she was only active between 42 and whenever she died in 58. And she had like treatment, cancer treatments. 
for a couple of those last years. And she had produced 19 papers on coal because coal is part of the wartime effort that she was doing, like yeah, the breakdown of coal and how they can use it. Okay. Um, she had five papers on DNA and she had 21 papers on viruses. Wow. So she, to me, it she hadn't got, like she was immersed in her work. Yes. She was very, and if she that. hadn't died of cancer so young, mm-hmm. she could be the badass. Like she would be even more of a badass oh, to science um, because her mind just seems so great. So it's said that Watson and Crick who won the Nobel prize mm-hmm. for the discovery of DNA would not have gotten where they were scientifically if it had not been for Franklin's work and her imaging of DNA and molecules. So Franklin began looking at DNA in 1950, and in 1951, she created um, a clear X-ray diffraction photo of DNA and identified the helixal structure. Mm -hmm. And then she did math, a lot of math to analyze. She did some math. She did some math. That's science. To analyze if the form changed in a wet or in a dry environment. Oh. And so she was trying okay. to figure out if it was always the helix structure, how it breaks down, how, if it doesn't break down. Mm-hmm. Um, and she established by 1953, it's always a helix. Uh, you know, what's interesting. I didn't think about that because we know, I mean, what we know about DNA today shows that we can do DNA tests on specimens that have been dead for a very, very, very long time, you know? And, but I didn't think about, I see what she's coming from wet versus dry to me, meaning alive versus dead, like long dead. <laughs> so, but I mean, that's interesting because yeah. I wouldn't have even thought about it like that. Well, she did. And she was like, okay, cool. So in 53, she moves on. Um, she moves on. So Watson and Crick were just theorizing about the model of DNA in 1953. And they didn't make any headway until they got their hands on Franklin's unpublished research and photo 51. How did they get their hands on that? So, um, another PI in Franklin's lab shared it with them. Mm-hmm. And so somebody didn't like her. Somebody didn't like her. Most likely. Um, or because, oh my God, she's a woman and she's done all this. Yes. So he had, his name was like Wilkins or something weird is like Peace. another W name. And he shared Franklin's information with Watson and Crick. And for the longest time, those men did not acknowledge her work or her role. And then they went on to win the Nobel Peace Prize, or not Peace Prize, the Nobel Prize um, in 1962. Mm -hmm. Eventually, Crick said and admitted that they were probably about two steps away from realizing the correct structure. But you you were 20 steps away. In 53, they were a few steps away. So um they're just getting to, you know, they're a couple steps away. And by 53, Franklin had moved on to looking at viruses and RNA mm-hmm. and giving us like that image of a virus that we have in our mm-hmm. head. She's the one that gave, you know, started it for us. That's cool. Um, so fuck Watson and Crick. Um, <laughs> Quote Sarah. <laughs> yes. So there is a medical school named after her. There's a space robot explorer that has been named after her that will start roaming around Mars in 2022. Mm-hmm. So people have come to recognize her story um, probably in like the seventies um, when there was like autobiographies by Watson and Crick and Wilkins or whatever the other guy's name is, the asshole that shared mm-hmm. her information. Um, 
and wasn't like, matching up, I bet. Well, there was just like some demonizing and like minimizing of Franklin. And so her sister was like, oh, hell to the no and rebuttaled. Woo-woo. And there's evidence clearly that she had done yeah. all of this stuff before. Well, thankful to her sister. So, yeah. yeah. And so a quote from her that I enjoy is science and everyday life cannot and should not be separated. <laughs> I could see how you would enjoy that. Yes. It seems like um, everyday life, it can be a science experiment, especially when you have children. I just want to point that out or dogs or cats or any animals. I was that I was that child that was making concoctions, doing all kinds of stuff. Yes, I can. uh, I got to be where I could only do my chemistry experiments in the driveway. Hmm. And I may or may not have ruined some grass (laughs) because it got on the grass. (laughs) That's funny. So. Well, now I know. Yeah. So we'll follow up with yours. Tell me about your last. Okay. And so for my last person, again, it's not just one. It's really just a variety of women who have served as really great examples to me in my personal life. Um, Teachers, relatives, friends, coworkers, peers, you know, just a lot of people who through the years have inspired how I view and interact with this world. And some of them have led really awesome lives. And I've I've been very impressed because I'm like, gosh, you had the wherewithal at such a young age to do this, this, and this or whatever. And I didn't or whatever. I mean, that's impressive. And then some of them have had just shitty, shitty circumstances through life and prevailed in the end anyway, you know, despite it all. And that's really inspiring too. And so I really like seeing that. And I can't, I mean, I don't want to like put out one single person when there's so many in my lifetime who little snippets of them here and there, you know, it's just like, um, are just really amazing people. And it's really cool to watch someone in real time, (laughs) you know, like how, how they would um, react to a certain situation or whatever or face with this, because as it stands in in this day and age, things aren't that bad for women. They're a hell of a lot better. They are. It's sad to know that there was a period of time in history when the status of women was elevated, not elevated above that of a man, but very equal, you know, the, the level of respect and all of that and um, the value of their work and so on and so forth. And, and that has diminished. It took a nosedive mm-hmm. and we've been trying to recover to ever since. Yeah, exactly. So um, even though things aren't as bad today as they were even say when my mother was a child or whatever yeah. the case may be, you know um, it's, it's been a, a true pleasure for me to learn from these people and watch them throughout my life. So, um, so I just kind of wanted to put that out there, that there's been some really important women in my life. And, yeah, there have been yeah. great women in my life, too. Yeah, so I, I just want to say thank you to them. And yeah, so that's that. And look what your daughter gets to look up to. Oh, man, herself. Because she's at the age where she's the only person who exists in okay. this world. Well, in a right couple now. of years, she'll realize. I certainly hope so. And, you know, she's got it. Um, 
different, way different than, than me for sure. Because not only is she a woman, but she's also a minority. And, um, what's really cool though, I think about her is that, you know, these kids now are growing up in an era of tolerance, so to speak. I say that, yes, we're all surrounded by ignorant people. And yes, our country appears to be very divided, but when you're sitting down at dinner and you're talking about a friend who just came out or, you know, or is transitioning. I, would, I wouldn't even say tolerant because that just means they allow them to live well, in their space. I would say accepting. Right. Accepting is a better word. You're absolutely right about that. Because tolerating, yeah, you're just. Because that me. But that's the I don't condone it, but I'll be nice to you. Yes. You're right. You're How right. many times have I heard? I tolerate homosexuals, but I don't approve. It's like, well, good thing you're not a homosexual then. Like, okay. I don't know how to help you. And I didn't know that. Them yeah. being homosexual required your approval. Your tolerance, yes. <laughs> to begin with. No, you're absolutely right about that. And so, um, but like, you know, one night we're, we're talking and she's saying, I have a friend who's transitioning and she, no, they. Correct. Yeah. And we're making those corrections and actively doing those things. I think it's a, it's a thing of beauty. And so I really, um, I'm really enjoying that, seeing, seeing that in our history. Although I don't know that that has much to do with women so much as human beings but still that's a human trait that hopefully prevails yeah i i hope it does because you know if there weren't liberal-minded people we wouldn't be able to handle all the ones who are as close-minded as they are so for shizzle yeah so yeah so that's it so just to say thank you to all of these i think there are a lot of great and special women and um you can look them up at any time and learn about them. There are, like you had said earlier, like there's documentaries and articles and for any field you can imagine in science, history, literature, art, mm-hmm. you can find a whole host of great women who helped pave the way. And Correct. So, Even though no one talks about them. Yes. They're that's there. That's right. They are there. Anybody and everybody. Yeah. So, so that's that. Well, nice. Yeah. So let me. So thank you, everybody. We always appreciate you taking time out of your day to listen to us and our podcast. Um, please check us out on Instagram at useless underscore chatter or on Facebook at useless chatter. And we can be found on anchor.fm, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Breaker. Please rate, subscribe, send us a message. Um, we always look forward to any feedback you might have to offer. Um, even Debatable. Well, you can make suggestions, <laughs> teach us a thing or two. We like to learn. We do. Yeah. As long as it doesn't have anything to do with your radical agendas. I like to stick to my own radical agenda. Thank you very much. And so anyway, but thank you again for listening to us. And until next time, bye. Bye.